today's Leading Women episode 578 with the wonderful Gronya Kelly. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes. Did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Gronya Kelly. Gronya Kelly is the CEO and inventor of Bubble Bomb, manufacturer, manufacturer of the world's first inflatable car booster seat for children. Gronya took the initial product from concept to shelf single-handedly in nine months. Today, Bubble Bomb sells in 27 countries and in major retail stores, including Walmart, with new products launched in May of this year. She has been awarded Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist 2011, winner of the JPMA Innovation Awards, European Business Awards, and many more. To learn more, visit www.bubblebomb.co. Again, that link is www.bubblebomb.co. Women of the world, Miss Grania Kelly. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Marie. It's my pleasure to be here. I am delighted to have you in the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Grania, I really love what you're doing with your business, especially with Bubble Bomb. I love that name as well. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the SWAT equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So, here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Sure. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Well, Marie, I was traveling with my own children and at that time I had a travel agency, a very successful travel agency. And I was traveling back and forth to visit my mother-in-law, who was very ill at the time. And every time I arrived at the car rental desk, they didn't have the car booster seat, even though I pre-booked it in advance. So I started to wonder, why is there not another solution on the market? And I asked all the questions at the car rental desk why they didn't have them. And one of the main reasons they didn't have the car booster seat was because they needed something that would be much smaller. They didn't have space to store them because, you know, in the airports, those car rental desks are really tiny. They don't have, you could hardly, as we would say over here, you couldn't swing a cat on them. So we would very often, um, the we discovered that at the car rental desks, the parents were leaving without any car seat for their kids and they were traveling unprotected on that journey. So I set about designing an inflatable version and I traveled over to China to manufacture a prototype. 
And when I came back from China, I had that product um, patented. I've had the crash testing carried out, all of my design regulations, website set up, all of that. And from literally from concept to shelf there, from my, I had taken my concept drawings to China until I had sold my first units on our website was exactly nine months. So I guess you could say that it was, that was one of my babies. And I think everybody's business really is born out of a passion for something. And for me, that passion was my own kids. Mm, I love what I'm hearing about your business and I love your story. And this has been a theme here at Today's in Women for our listeners out there. It really, most of the time or more often, it comes from a problem that we see ourselves and we that we don't find that we don't we didn't see the solution out there and you came, you went out there and f- created that solution so for example with that Grania she created she had an idea to produce an inflatable booster seat because she was traveling a lot most of the time these car rentals didn't have that car booster seat or they didn't have space for them and that is how idea most of the time comes about so that's a great story very inspiring let's learn from that for our listeners that are just just thinking of what kind of business you want to venture in. So thanks for sharing those. Now, what continues to inspire you doing this business? Well, I'm always inspired. I'm actually always inspired by not only other women, but other business people. And where I had started out looking at my business and thinking, oh my goodness, I'm such a small business here. It's you know, we're tiny and I still consider our business, even though we turn over a few million a year, I consider our business to be really tiny compared to a lot of the businesses that I'm familiar with and very much connected to. And I'm, I'm always inspired by other entrepreneurs who are willing to give their time and expecting nothing in return other than see me succeed. And for me, that in itself is truly inspirational. Mm, yes, absolutely. And and by the fact that you are here with us, uh, here at Today's New Women, sharing your journey, sharing your stories, giving us your advice, giving uh, giving our listeners the gist of how you came from where you were, where you are before to where you are today. That is so inspiring. You're really such a role model to all of us here at Today's New Women. All right, let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? I think one of the most important things is persistence and determination. And I once had a a psychometric testing done and at the end of it, we were given one sentence to describe our personality type. And my personality type was sees no as a temporary obstacle. And I guess for me, that has stayed with me. And that it would show that my persistence and determination when I was told, no, you can't have an inflatable car seat. And I just kept asking the question, but why? You see, there is always a way. There is always a way. So for me, the determination and, the per- and persistency paid off. And also, I think another one of my personal traits would be honesty to a fault and quite often I know that people will tell you that they like things and everything's wonderful and for me I would struggle with that and I'm more inclined to say yeah I like this part but I hate that part so rather than being rather than saying yes all of the time and agreeing that you love everything it's very important that you're you're clinically honest 
when it comes to your business. And I will be clinically honest with our team and with myself. And I guess my third personal trait is optimism. And that a lot of that feeds in my persistence and determination and saying no is a temporary obstacle. I get up in the morning and I choose to have a good day. And even when my kids get up in the morning, if they're having a bad day, I take them back to bed and say, okay, we've got a decision to make. Are you going to have a good day or a bad day? And everybody chooses to have a good day, Marie. Nobody chooses to have a bad day. So they make the decision before they get out of bed. Okay, we're going to have a good day. And I say, okay, we'll start again. So they get out of bed and we're having a good day. And sometimes I have to take myself back to bed to keep myself optimistic. And that, I mean, that is very, very important. And it's important that everybody reminds themselves every morning that it's their choice to have a good day. Mm, I love it. So persistence and determination, honesty, optimism. I love what you said about optimism. Deciding right there and then that today I am going to look at the positive side of, of things. I'm going to decide that I'm going to be optimistic today. I, that's a huge, huge lesson that we can all practice on a daily basis. So all these qualities or traits that uh, Gronia just shared with us, the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt them into our lives. So that's having the persistence or determination, honesty, and optimism, starting your day in a positive way. All right, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as an entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges, it takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business? And how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Well, when I had first come up with the idea for Bubble Bum, we were living in Ireland and I had lived in Ireland all of my life. And I had been trying to get the crash test labs in the US to respond to me. And I was having no luck. They were telling me, we'll get back to you in three weeks. And I needed to know something that day, not three weeks time. So I said to my husband, if we're going to be taken seriously in the US and if we're ever going to understand that market, we're going to have to move there. So we did six weeks later and my husband had to give up his job to come with us. And bearing in mind, we did not have an income from the business at that point in time. We had to believe in what we were going to do and take it very seriously and decide, are we going to make this or are we not? And I had decided there and then this is going to work for us. We're going to give it everything we've got. And whenever we did move over there, we were very much taken very seriously and it was as a result of our time over there that we actually launched the product in the US. And I think the second most uh, challenging time I had would be de- dealing with China. And I guess the difficulty for me there in China in particular, although India would find similar, culturally our Chinese counterparts don't like to say no because they feel they're disappointing you. So when I ask them a question, I can never ask them a yes, no question. And I have had a couple of calamities with them in the early days where I would say to them, can you have those 10,000 units ready by the end of this week? And the answer was always yes. And it came to the end of the week and there was nothing ready to ship. And I said, you told me. And they just said yes. And I realized that I shouldn't have asked them a yes, no question. I should have asked them, when can you have those 10,000 units ready? Not can you have those ready for the end of the week? So that in itself, learning to deal with different cultures was was quite an eye-opener for me at the time. And 
the third thing, I guess, would have been legislation. I mean, the legislation for the US alone, the instruction brochure for our product for the rest of the world is one page. And the instruction brochure for the US is 36 pages. And it's 36 pages of how not to do it rather than one page of how to do it. And that for me was very confusing because it's very different to the European way. And also in Brazil, the legislation in Brazil, for example, we've, we've not been able to sell into Brazil because it is a translation of the European regulation and the word firm is translated as rigid. So an inflatable product is not is not rigid. Therefore, it can't be sold there until they assign a change the word back from rigid to firm in the translation. So as you can see, there are many rather challenging but exciting uh, times for us. And a lot of those challenges that I've had actually opened other opportunities for me. So I'm glad that I encountered them. They were painful and sometimes they remain painful, but I've learned so much from them that I don't think I would change it. And that's the beauty of uh, sharing our challenges and the lessons that we learn from each other because we learn from each other by by sharing. And uh, like for somebody with what Gronya just shared with us, I'm sure a lot of you are listeners, especially if you are in the market that you are producing a tangible product that that has to be manufactured, has to be shipped, uh, and you have to deal with legislations, the communication, language, culture, all of this uh, that are important in and in the production and the shipping of your product, I'm sure in one way, shape, or form, uh, you've experienced this. Or if, or if you happen to experience this in the future, you now know what to do because Gronya has just shared with us how she was able to overcome this. And I love when she said about this challenge opens more opportunities. And I see the challenges that way. If we if we look at challenges that way as opportunities, we. We, we make we turn them at not our problems, but we know uh, we, we search for the solutions because we see them as opportunities versus as a hindrance for us to move on. So thanks for sharing those. Yeah. All right, let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create a work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling money roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? Well, it's actually very interesting that you would include health in that as well, which is very important. I have two children they're 12 and 14 now and a husband as well and my husband works with me and the children are very much involved in the business and the design and the new products that we manufacture and all of their friends are very much design involved in the designs and new ideas but for us I have an office at home and we have an office in, in the city and I work a lot of the time for my office at home because I'm working different time zones so I've got to work Chinese I've got to work European I've got to work US time zones so we have what's called the rule of the stairs, where once you put one foot on the bottom stair, you're not allowed to talk about work. You're not allowed to talk about anybody connected to work or anything connected to work. And that's a rule that my husband and I have both had, which means there are no phones allowed up the stairs, which means there are no conversations about work when you go upstairs. That's family relationship time. And also, whenever we are at the, di- the dinner table, no phones the first rule of the dinner table 
is no phone at the dinner table. And the second rule at the dinner table is no phone at the dinner table. And the third rule at the dinner table is no phone at the dinner table. So we just don't have, and anyone who comes into our house, if they have their phone on when we're having dinner, we ask them to switch it off and leave it out of the room because it's the most important time of the day for us where we sit and talk. And because I have an office at home as well, it's really important that my children understand. I've worked, I've had an office at home since my youngest was four or five. So it's been actually younger than that. I think he was only two. So it's been important to them. They understand now the rules. I set the expectations very clearly that when they come into my office, that's my work. Um, they have, if they want to talk to me about something that's not related to work, I need to come out of the office to speak to them. And that's important because they're only little. They don't understand. They don't understand that mommy's working, you can't have a biscuit. And when mommy's working, you can't be coming and asking, can I have a drink? But the one thing that I do, even if I'm in board meetings, and I'm not entirely sure if this is just my boys. My boys don't ring me unless the house is burning down. But I have told them that irrespective, any time they call me, it doesn't matter where I am in the world, what time of day it is, who I am with, I will always answer their call. Now, as I say, they don't use their phones very often other than to text. But they will, all, if they ever call me, their call comes first and they know that they're a priority there. Mm, I love your perspective of this work-life balance and I love those tips that you shared with us. And yes, I mean, I'm sure we can all learn from this by uh, creating those rules. So for example, with uh, Gronia, she has this rule that no phones at a dinner table. I'm sure we can all benefit from this. Making that one meal a day as a family day, because I know, I mean, working from home myself as well, it's just really, it's hard to separate it. But if we have, we have to be able to do that by setting those expectations, setting those rules so that, okay, if it is dinner time, dinner table, no phones, no phone calls, no phones at the table. That is one of the rules that, okay, so that you can focus on the not only just the meal itself but with the time that you have with the family that's really important and also you know working from home myself too I found that okay when I step out I have a I have a dedicated office or a room uh, in our house in our house where when I enter the room I know I'm on a work mode when I step out of the room I know I have to switch it's hard but I have it's a constant practice and reminder for me that when I step out of the room I know that I have to switch mode which I know I'm sure a lot of us find it so hard but you have to set those expectations you have to set those rules and communicate it well to your family so that they know that they're also important to you you will you will find you will also have time with them but you also have to find time for to build your business so great tips here that Gronin just shared with us let's take action on that and see how it can really help us in terms of this work-life balance that a lot of us are challenged with Something right. else, Marie, that I would say to you as well, you know, you, d- you did mention on health there as well. And it's something that I think women take very much for granted, particularly when it comes to women who are working for themselves. Now, for, I mean, for example, I, I actually had heart surgery two weeks ago. Now, it was only minor surgery, but they still went in and burned out some parts of my heart. So I was working the next day and I thought to myself at the end of the week and I, when I was exhausted, I thought, why am I so tired this week? And then I thought, how crazy a woman am I to have done that? Because I didn't even sit back myself and put into perspective what had 
the trauma that my own body had undergone because my mind was telling me you're absolutely fine, keep going. So sometimes you need to have someone else to tell you. My husband had already said to me, you can't leave home today. I wasn't allowed to drive. And he said, no, no, you must actually take care of yourself so you're not allowed. So he took the keys of the car off me so that I wasn't able to go anywhere. Because you don't think rationally sometimes in those situations as a woman because you just focus on getting the job done. Mm, I'm glad that you mentioned that one because, yes, I mean, being a nurse myself, this is a huge passion of mine to really take care of ourselves, putting ourselves first. And I know it's really hard to find that time or to make time for it. But I was burned out in my previous career and I don't want this business to burn me out either. So I have to make a conscious decision that I have to put time, same as same time as I put time for my business, I have to put time for myself, take care of myself, to eat healthy, to, to work out, to have those downtime, to have those uh, still time for yourself to really nurture your body, your mind, your spirit. I know I'm preaching to acquire here, but let's learn from what Agroni just shared with us. I know this is the last, this is the last thing that we want to do, we, we make time for, but this should be our first priority. After all, we won't be able to build this business that we're passionate about building if we don't have that health, if we are not fit, if we don't feel good about our body, ourself, our mind. So we really have to find time for yourself, for your, for your, for that really, even just 15, 30 minutes a day. I know it's hard just to even think about it, but if you make it as a routine, set rules for yourself that, okay, first thing in the morning, this is going to be for myself. And it is, it is going to be a practice. It's going to be a ongoing practice for you but make it a routine so that you know okay i'm i've done something for myself now the next all right uh, grania let's talk about success and what success mean to you your business appears to be financially doing quite well and where that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, would like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Success for me, our company vision is a personal vision for me. And it's to see every child on a booster seat on every journey. Because we understand, I mean, I've carried out a survey in the last two weeks in the UK, where in the UK, parents actually are very aware of the booster seat laws and we discovered that 98% of parents had agreed that they had their children traveling without booster seats when they knew they should have been. So that's a ridiculous statistic when you think about it. And my, I am planning on ensuring that every child rides on a booster seat on every journey. And as a company, I try not to set financial goals. Of course, you need money for your business. But I think if the other goals are aligned, the money will come. And you do need to follow your dreams and the money will come. And that is my dream. If every child is on a booster seat on every journey, then of course it would affect us financially as well. But the other types of goals that we set, and I, and I keep mentioning goals because for us it is all about goals. We have monthly goals, monthly targets that we set for ourselves and they're not financial. And one of them, for example, was we had wanted to see Bubba Bum in Walmart. And again, it was something that we sat down with the children and we talked about. And we talk about these every 
six months, we talk about them every three months, we talk about them every month and they're all in varying levels. And we wanted to see Bubble Bum in Walmart. And we're now in 2,000 Walmart stores. So for us, that's a goal, another goal achieved that we can mark off our belt. And we just constantly keep setting goals like that. And that really is how we achieve everything that we do. And that's what motivates me. I'm not motivated by money. It doesn't motivate me. Hmm. Love your perspective on success. Yes, at the end of the day, I am... I myself, I truly believe that the intangible benefits of being in business are the ones that truly make us happy. I know uh, at the end of the day, those numbers are not the ones that are going to be important to you. And of course, they are part of building a business because we need to sustain our business. But at the end of the day, what truly makes you happy, what truly is satisfying is knowing that what you're putting out there is making a difference in other people's lives. I think that's the true essence of success as well. So thanks for sharing. Now, I know you've given us a lot of tips already but i love for us to talk about one of the highlights of our show and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be especially to those who want to follow your footsteps you obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience so take it back to the past say you're gonna start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck what types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at and if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice what would those three be i think as women if i were to speak directly to women we are natural problem solvers if you think about it, how many times in the day are you making something so that you can attach something onto your stroller? Are you making something so that you can have your your child protected from the sun in the car? You're always draping something here, or draping something there. We are natural problem solvers. So sometimes you've got to look for the opportunity in the problem that you're solving so you can create a solution. And You've got to be open to this and you've got to be listening and observing your own behavior so that you, I know a lot of women say to me, if only I could find the solution, if only I could find a problem to solve. And I'm looking at them going, I'm solving a thousand problems a day and I'm sure you are too. So that would be the first thing is observe yourself and watch the problems that you or those around you are solving and create because those are genuine needs. It's not as if you're trying to make a product to slot into a problem, you are creating a solution. And that is the importance of every product that is created. And another thing that I would say is listen to your gut. Quite often, people don't listen to their gut. And I didn't understand that my gut was there for a reason. And when you have a bad feeling about a situation or about someone, you need to pay particular attention to that because your gut is giving you an indication that something is wrong. And I didn't listen to my gut the first time I went to China. And that manufacturer in China actually tried to steal all of our IP. And I should have because I knew at the time something wasn't right. So that's just an example of why you should do that. And another thing I would say, again, speaking specifically to women, is don't be afraid to be a woman. We are not men. And I know this might sound, I'm not a feminist. I love men. But we're better at some things than men. And men are better at some things than us. It's our job to get the best out of every man around us and get the best out of ourselves. 
And if you try to be a man, and I have seen this so many times where women go into boardrooms and they're trying to be high-powered because they're competing with the men, we don't have to compete. We don't have to compete. You can be sure you will be the best woman in the room. Who are you competing with? Hmm, golden nuggets in those tips that you shared with us. I was so hooked into listening to every word that you were saying. So let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to look for opportunities and problems to solve. And I agree with what Grani just shared with us. We women are natural problem solvers. We look at those things that we are frustrated with or things that we can solve, things that we need, things that you know we want a solution for. So capitalize on that, leverage on our ability to look for those opportunities and problems to solve. The second one is to listen to your gut. Yes, I agree with what Grant just shared with us. It's so important that at the end of the day, you have to listen to your gut. You know what's right for you. You know that itching in your heart at all, oh, I should have said it. I should have made this decision or like that. So you really have to listen to your gut. It tells you that it's there for a reason, just like what Grant just shared with us. And lastly, not being afraid to be a woman. I know. And in a world where we are now, we women are in, in a position where we can be the best woman that we can be. We don't have to compete with, with men just like what Grant just shared with us. We are in a, we are so powerful in our own ways. We have to be the best of who we are as a woman and capitalize and leverage on our abilities as a woman. Great tips here that Grant just shared with us. Let's take action on them today and I'll make sure to have those on our show notes. Last but not least, Grania, share with us that one woman out there that you admire the most and why. This is not a business person, but it's someone that I really admired. And it's Melissa McCarthy who starred in Bridesmaids, the movie. And the reason she inspires me so much, one of our um, company values are always take the business seriously but never take ourselves too seriously. And she totally inspires me because she's never afraid. She doesn't take herself seriously at any point. So for me, she really inspires me. And although I'm not going to be a comedian, I think it's important for everybody to recognize that, yes, it's important to take your business seriously, but it's equally as important not to take yourself too seriously, or that could be fatal. All right, so to Melissa McCarthy for being an inspiration not only to you, but all of us here at Today's Leading Women, we salute her. Lastly, Grania, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service, where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. Well, the best way to describe our product, Bubble Bum, is a bubble for your bum. So if you're traveling with your kids and you're constantly carrying rigid booster seats with you, you can deflate bubble bum and put it in their backpack so they always have a bubble bum with them. They will always have their booster seat with them, so they're never going to be without. And the other thing is, if you've got three seats across the back, very often you get those busted knuckles where you can't fit the third seat in, but you can always fit bubble bum in every situation. Where you can fit a child, you can fit a bubble bum. And you can buy Bubble Bum in Walmart stores. You can buy it on Amazon.com. You can buy it on Diapers.com. And you can buy it in some of the smaller independent stores as well. All right. So that's www.bubblebam.co. I highly encourage you, our listeners out there, especially moms, go to to that link now, bubblebam.co. And... 
take advantage of this uh, this uh, product, bubble bomb product that is inflatable booster seats that um, Gronia and her company has produced for us. And I know I'm a big fan and really a proponent of having this car booster seats in every car in every, uh, for every children um, because that's one of as a safety measure safe prevention uh, measures that we can do and the thing is these are inflatable they are they can put them in their backpacks you can have them in your car they are so portable they are easy to bring with you it doesn't take that much space because they are inflatable and I love the phrase bubble for your bomb because they are inflatable they are soft they will be easy and they will be comfortable for your children to use so bubblebomb.co and it's available at amazon.com as well for our international audiences it's available on walmart stores check them out uh, where you are again that link is www.bubblebomb.co Grania, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time, your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for being such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you so much, Marie. Thinking of starting a podcast? Seriously consider starting a podcast of your own, remembering that it will allow you to grow in ways you never imagined. It will grow your email list, your audience, your influence, and your bank account. Go to podcastprofitsystem.com to get started. That's www.podcastprofitsystem.com. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.